And I was thinking, I've been making music for <laughs> like five or six years. I've probably used the gate numerous times. Yet yeah. when it comes to editing a podcast, it just somehow doesn't enter my mind. And I could have saved at least an hour of, of work. This episode is brought to you by EDM Foundations. EDM Foundations is my course for new producers, those who've been producing for under 12 months or even those who've just started. The whole idea of the EDM Foundations course is that you learn the fundamentals of music production by actually doing and not just learning the theoretical stuff. The course consists of over 12 hours worth of streamable video where I walk you through the creation of three songs and give you advice and tips for working on your own original alongside them. We've had over 500 people sign up for this course. Many of them have had great results. If you want to learn more about the course, head over to edmfoundations.com. How's it going, man? It's going great, dude. How are you? Uh, pretty well, actually. Yeah, yeah. I've been having a good week and um, really excited for this episode uh for talking about what we're going to talk about today and before we get into it uh at the time of recording this as we were just talking about beforehand uh the edm podcast is at 17 on the top podcast charts in the music category which is awesome Uh, i don't know what it will be at you know by the time this goes up which will be (laughs) next week but um that's pretty cool. So thank you, thank you to everyone who's who's left a rating and review on iTunes and subscribed. Uh, it helps a lot. And were there any reviews to, to read out this week, Levi? Uh, you know, I didn't take a look. Um, I can look through them if you want me to do that. If you, sure. if you want to talk about something first, and I can come back around and and uh, bring it up for putting us. me on the spot. Um, yeah. <laughs> what else would I do? I'll just, I'll just talk a little bit, actually. Sure. You know, I'm really thankful for everyone who's been listening. And, you know, not only that we, we're still ranking high on the new and noteworthy, but now we're in the uh, top podcast, which is a whole mm-hmm. different list, which is really the top performing shows that are on iTunes right now. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that's really humbling to be, to be there. Mm and so everyone who's listening just thank you so much for for listening um i mean it's just it's an honor to to be here and uh Mm. yeah yeah it's it's amazing and and again thank you yeah so i'll I'll read a couple off sweet so um this one's by medinas and it says awesome this is one of the best podcasts for the producers out there it's full of info and inspiration for all the producers out there. Kind of repetitive, but it's very well oh, it's, received. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to happy to read that out. And then uh, another one, uh, professional information in a laid back discussion from Shan M 1971. So maybe a little bit of an older audience here. Mm. <laughs> uh, I am impressed with both Matla's and Waylon's views and explanations regarding EDM production. Both are well-informed and offer useful production information and suggestions to both the novice and more experienced producers. I highly recommend this podcast. And I kind of want to just kind of go off on that a little bit. Um, I think it's important that we are able to provide 
content for both people who are just starting out and for people who have been in it for a while. Mm, and mm. it's exciting to see people, uh, you know, listening that, mm. um, that are maybe more f- farther along, maybe even than us, you know, mm, and, mm. and, uh, it, it's humbling that people are willing to listen to us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And actually I'm going to read one more, uh, just because it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know and, which uh, one it is. <laughs> and, and so this person, it's this person says very disappointed, uh, but they leave five, <laughs> five stars. And, and this is a review in all caps. So I'm not going to yell, but just <laughs> so you get the idea. I subscribed to this so-called broadcast, trying to get some tips on prodding my cattle, electronic driving mules broadcast, my <laughs> butt. All I heard about that was dang dance stuff and nothing about branding my mules, hurting my <laughs> mules, nothing. Yeah, so uh, the name is Bene Buscape, but I'm not sure if that's their real name or not. But <laughs> I, 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 re- I mean, you sent that to me earlier, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the best. So thank you, Bene, if that's your real name. If not, whatever. But we love to read so those awesome. those yeah, reviews. Yeah, yeah. So if you guys even if even if you leave a silly review like that, we appreciate it. You know what's going to happen now? Everyone is going to leave <laughs> one of those reviews, and we won't get any serious ones. Yeah, but it'll help uh, us yeah, in the I rankings. Suppose, so. I suppose it's, it's, you know, it's worth a good it, laugh. It's all good. So <laughs> keep them coming, guys. Definitely. Okay. So, I mean, last last time we talked in, in episode six, uh, we talked about the arrangement and structure and kind of what it is, uh, a, few, a few tips and tricks, really, and also how to kind of implement it into your workflow or different workflows uh, or different ways to arrange your ideas. And there's another side to uh, this big topic of arrangement and structure, and that is tension and energy. And I've wanted to talk about this for a long time because uh, A, it's it's really hard for some producers to grasp, and B, I've met a lot of producers who don't even think about it consciously, and they wonder why their music doesn't sound exciting or good or anything like that. So it's a really big topic and uh i think we're going to go pretty in depth in this and really unpack you know what detention and energy mean and i think the first question we have to we have to really answer is is there a distinction between tension and energy because most people use the terms interchangeably uh but i mean i think there is a difference you know i think and and feel free to to interrupt levi Sure. if you disagree with me but no, i don't in this case <laughs> <laughs> so i like i see tension as you know an element of music that creates the need for uh relaxation or release uh, for the listener it instills expectation so when a song is building up uh or you know a white noise sweep is coming in the listener hears that and they go okay something's going to happen next uh, it stretches a listener and um, you left a bullet point there. Do you want to explain yeah. that? <laughs> I, I knew you're gonna be like, "What? What is that?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, a lot of things that we do in music can be echoed in the natural world, mm. and our brains are kind of trained to respond to things a certain way, and we can create, um, we can create responses in people through music that is something that uh, nature might do. So, you know. For example, if you're in your car and 
you slam on the gas and you hear the engine rev and you hear that, you know, that mm, mm-hmm. you're expecting that you're going to go faster. You know, you're expecting mm-hmm. to get some um, kind of physiological response from that. Mm-hmm. And also maybe hopefully it downshifts at some point, <laughs> you know, so you're expecting something to change regardless of what's happening. Um, you know, if you, if you look at animals when they're, if there is a tension, if there is, um, you know, maybe they start out growling and it's lower and then it kind of starts to rise and then someone lets out a, you know, a roar and then there's an attack, you know, so sounds that are increasing over time or building are something that is something that happens naturally Mm. in the world around us. So, um, I think we're trained to understand that when you hear certain sounds, there's going to be something that happens after that. So that's one thing that I, I think we can pull away from, from tension. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a really good point. And I think, you know, you could even go as far as to say that the whole point of, of making music is to really kind of play on that natural, um, response or, or reaction. Uh, because listening to music should be, you know, a, a natural process, uh, unless you're purposely trying to throw the listener off and, you know, you build up and then nothing happens or something like that, which, right. which some music does. Uh, yeah. But, and it can be a good, a good result. It can be, it can be, but I mean, you're going to annoy, <laughs> you're going to annoy a lot of people if you, um, you know, if if you're like halfway through your intro and you have no tension at all and you just slam into a drop, it's gonna be awkward. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. so yep. yeah, so so that's kind of the point of tension. Energy now there's crossover between the two, I will say that. So a build up, for example, contains energy. But the way I look at energy personally is that it's used to describe first of all the song as a whole. So you know, you might say this song has quite a bit of energy or this song has a bit less energy than that song. And and that comes in handy uh, for DJs when they're looking at how to build their sets. Uh, yeah. So, you know, for the first hour, they'll, they'll play low energy songs and then build into, you know, mid right. and then high energy or peak energy. Right. But it can also be used to describe the different sections of a song. Uh, so, one, th- one way you can look at this, and I think... Uh, is it Rick Snowman in the dance music manual? I think that's yeah. his name. Yeah. So he, I think it's his name too. yeah, he explains it really well uh, in in terms of a, a song or energy map. So mm. you know your intro has quite low energy. It might just be a, mm-hmm. a drum loop with a bit of percussion or um, right. uh, some other sounds has low energy, and then over time the energy increases. But you know your breakdown is going to have low energy, obviously your main drop is going to have the most energy. So different sections of, of a song have varying levels of energy. Um, so you can look at it like that as well. And and I think you've got a point here um, to add, to add to that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't like to define words with the same word, <laughs> you know, like, define energy well it has a lot of energy Mm, i mean mm, yeah mm. okay but like digging really into that like what does that really mean Mm. and so um i look to look at it like um 
the timbre of a sound has a lot to do with how you perceive its energy. And so mm. the more high frequency content something has, the more energetic it sounds, mm. the more, the more fast it sounds like it's moving. And, um, and also the rhythmic attributes of that. So if something has a really slow release, it doesn't feel as high energy as something with a quick snap. It just, you know, it just mm. keeps hitting you over the head, you know, and, and same, you know, the low end can really be a lot of that. I mean, if your baseline is really short um, and really sharp percussive uh, high end, it's going to sound like it has a lot of energy because it's, it's tight, but mm. it's also deep and it has high energy. I mean, it mm. has high mm. frequency content. So it feels like there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of power there. And so mm. that's, that's kind of how I like to think about energy in a track. Uh, and, and one thing I was going to mention is that it's really hard to have um, tension it's really hard to do tension well without having energy too. Mm -hmm. So you can have a lot of tension and not have energy, but it doesn't really work. Um, and, and in the same way, if you just have a lot of sounds that are just like loud and um, in your face and energetic, but there's not tension. Yeah. It yeah. also is wrong. It's also wrong. So either one of these without the other um, can really not help you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good point. And we'll, we'll dig into that you know, what yeah. constitutes energy uh, yeah. a little bit later. But I think, you know, just just in passing, uh, a track that has, is at full energy the whole time isn't going to be that enjoyable to listen to. It'll tire out right. the listener. So yeah. if you imagine, you know, all 20 instruments going at once <laughs> or whatever, yeah. Gosh. Uh, yeah. people, people are not going to, first of all, it kind of like, Oh, I get in trouble for saying this, but it's not really music. It's more of just a loop on repeat. Yeah. You can't really right. do that for six minutes or whatever. Just a lot of sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm sure I'm sure there'll be someone out there who's who makes like techno that pretty much does that. So <laughs> I gotta be careful. Sure. Um sure. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I think this we've kind of answered this already, but I mean to, to kind of relay the importance of tension um it's 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 one of the most important aspects of electronic dance music in my opinion yeah uh, yeah because i mean at the end of the day the whole point of dance music is to make people dance um right. they go they listen to to dance music in a club or at a festival because they want to feel that excitement they want to feel that energy uh and the djs want to be able to play tracks that and uh kind of garner a response from the crowd so yeah. well thought out tension first of all it keeps people listening even people that are listening in their homes uh, everyone everyone wants to hear resolution to something yep and yeah. another way to look at tension is, is as a question so you're posing a question and then that question uh, is answered by your drop or whatever comes after the tension tension doesn't always have to lead into a drop i think that's important um mm-hmm like oftentimes you'll hear songs that that build into the breakdown uh sometimes quite dramatically so they'll have all the snare rolls and the rises and then there's just a you know like a a big explosion or, or a reverb kick and then it's just this right. super mellow breakdown uh, so yeah. i think that's an important point like it doesn't always have to build into a drop but typically it's either the drop uh or the breakdown or the outro for example 
as well uh, that can often work yeah um i, I yeah go yeah. ahead no i didn't have anything i always to like to i always like to draw all these parallels between production and the real world yeah yeah and i was just thinking about how when you ask a question mm. um your voice goes up at the end yeah and so it's the same thing with tension it's like the pitch is rising the ex- expectation is rising mm. and so it's just one of those things where it's 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 uh it's like when you ask a question to someone you know what are you doing <laughs> you know can i can i ask you something and then like sure <laughs> and it goes down you know when you get the answer is 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 goes down so there's something about rising pitch when you're um increasing tension and then lowering it when you're when you're releasing it yeah that's that's a really so, good point getting a little getting a little deep there but <laughs> well no it's, yeah. it's, it's definitely valid and um i like that analogy actually it's, it's simple but it works yeah um so i think we should kind of unpack this a bit and and talk about the types of tension uh so like first of all i see tension split up into two uh kind of 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 areas i suppose there's micro tension and macro tension so i to be honest i just like using the uh the words micro and macro uh so <laughs> i do it i use them whenever <laughs> i can uh, just to think that i've coined terms when i haven't so right <laughs> <laughs> micro tension in my mind refers to like the very small things you do to create tension so this will often like the most common example of this is when producers will will like remove a kick or two at the end of each phrase end of each eight bars um you know another example would be the the classic uh, uh pride snare or mm-hmm. just a short crash symbol or short sweep right yeah macro tension on the other hand is the more deliberate uh big and significant elements so which you'll often hear in the the main build-up so your big rises your snare builds and you know uh extended filtering so you might high pass something over 8 to 16 bars right to me that's macro tension i mean how do how do you view that do you kind of see it split up into two parts or or as one whole yeah i could see it in two parts um you know, I could even go more micro um, and say that even in individual bars, mm. um, hi hats can be tension mm. with so, I mean, between you, a snare. What, and a what kick. would you call that then? Uh, um, <laughs> uh, nano tension. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, mm. like if you have, you know, if you don't have your hi hat pattern, just your snare and your kick. Mm. It's just kind of like sits there, but it doesn't really go anywhere. Mm, but as mm. soon as you add in that off that offbeat eighth note hi hat, it just suddenly creates a little bit more of, you know, a little bit more sizzle mm, mm. in in your in your in your loop there. Mm, mm. And you know, if you have like a um, an open hi hat, you know, at the end of the bar, uh, that just kind of pulls people into the next to the yeah. next bar. Even and, and on the same note, like. A reverse clap, for example. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, things that lead in to other elements. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, reverse claps, that's the same thing. It's like you want people to anticipate that snare, so you're leading into it with, with that sound, and it just pulls people into that 
into the groove and that's that's the at the end of the day that's what we want to do is pull people into the groove you know and so pointing people towards that uh, element or that section so if you're thinking about it micro it would be pulling it towards elements and then mm. macro pulling it towards sections I, I guess we could think of it in those terms yeah um, yeah definitely that's that's kind of the way that i the way that i see it i think another good example of of pulling people into something is the um and it's it's a common trick but the reverse vocal you know when you have a vocal in the track and then yeah, yeah. the producer will kind of take a part uh take a normally just a, a, a syllable and then chuck a load of reverb on it bounce it down and yeah reverse yep. it reverse it yeah um, that's a common trick and i mean there yeah, I mean, yeah 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 carry on uh, I, I was thinking about how um, sometimes when I'm introducing a melody, kind of the same thing, but in order to set it up um, earlier on, I'll play like maybe a couple of notes out of the line, but maybe filtered out or something so that it's like you're kind of getting the glimpse of it before it comes. And yeah. so you're kind of building that expectation for what's to come later. And that way it's not like now there's like this totally random lead line that came out of nowhere you know and and so mm. it, it creates the expectation so you're, you're you kind of those- you're kind of teasing the listener in a way yeah yep that's a good point i think that's i mean that is a, again a part of tension i remember um like when i used to dj i don't really do it much anymore but what i would do is kind of introduce parts of the next track i was mixing in just mm-hmm. cut them in every now and again so that people yeah. would hear what's coming next but you wouldn't like i wouldn't uh mix into the song straight away and it kind of works in the when you're arranging a track as well if you have a melody i'm trying to think of an example um i think one of omnia's tracks does it but you know he starts introducing the melody very in a very subtle manner and the intro and like the verse before the breakdown so you can like if you're doing it if you have an eight bar melody you can just play like the last couple of notes at the end of an eight bar phrase and just like filter them in or filter them out um that's a really good point i think uh one really common type of tension is to remove things uh, that now a lot of people think when they think of tension they think oh, i need to add this i need to add this and i need to add this oftentimes removing elements can actually add a lot of tension so we talked about you know the uh, removing kicks which is super common and it works i mean if you remove a bar of kicks, people know that it's a, that something else is going to come in next. Yep. Typically. Uh, and another common use of this is removing high-end percussion when leading into the breakdown. So you'll often hear this in trance where there's a lot of energy in this intro. <coughs> uh, you know, there's the, the rhythmic bass sign um, and there's a lot of high-end percussion going on, but then it needs to kind of transition into this breakdown that's very soft uh and and mellow and to do that you'll often hear this high-end percussion either being removed completely or filtered down and kind of what happens is instead of having the full spectrum of sound uh full spectrum of frequencies it starts kind of by by use of arrangement and removing elements uh it's hard to explain but going more toward the low end taking out the top which again you kind of touched on it with the the energy when you're removing the high end elements the energy naturally uh, to the listener goes down yeah and it's a good way to transition into that breakdown but at the same time while that energy is being lowered 
the tension has actually been built. At least that's how I look at it. I mean, would would mm-hmm. you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, in certain cases, I've experienced that. Um, I think one thing that I notice a lot is when, you know, the the kicks drop out when the bottom really drops out, mm-hmm. and that's the, those are the fun moments when it's like it's like that suspended feeling. You know, it's like yeah, you're building yeah. and building and building and suddenly like everything drops out and suddenly it's like you're hanging over the edge of this cliff. Yeah. And yeah. then boom, it comes back in. Um, maybe not with the with the low end. And that's where you can really build the tension is when you drop everything out and now you're like, what next? And you bring something back in that's not quite what you want, but it's just enough to get you excited for what might be coming next. I love those. So, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I was going to say, I love those buildups where it's kind of like a false buildup. Yeah. And I do that <laughs> in my tracks. I mean, um, in the track that I released last week, um, Me and You, which is actually a free download if, if anyone wants it. <laughs> yeah, we'll link it. And we'll link it in cool. the show notes. Um, I do that in the end of it. I mean, um, I have my, my verse melody, or really it's just my melody that goes throughout the main bit. But, um, there's a breakdown. The melody comes back in. It's it's um, low passed, so the highs are cut out, um, and it's a little bit washy. There's some strings, and then it holds on a note and kind of closes down a little bit, and then um, it's it, it starts to be filtered up. So the, so the low now is cut out of that. So it's it's not very much happening there. Should we then, uh, should we play yeah. it? Should we play? Sure. I'll edit it in post and, and cool. stick it in. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, we can just play that one section. so that was it so so you just got the idea um of how i brought that section in and um and it just creates more tension because the bass isn't quite there yet um but but then the snares kick in and then it's still building and then the bass finally kicks in so um i i I love building tension like that so that's 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 basically what i would what i would do (laughs) yeah yeah i've got a super easy trick to add tension um now a lot of people i'm going to touch on this a little bit later but there's kind of this notion in the production world electronic music production world that you shouldn't put anything on your master mm-hmm. i completely mm-hmm. disagree with that mm. i put stuff on my master all the time like it's it would probably you know it would, it would scare a mix engineer or a mastering engineer but i do all kinds of stuff so one thing you can do to add tension quickly and this happens a lot in techno and tech house 
If you have a groove going along and you want to add a quick bit of tension, stick a high pass filter on your mast at. You don't need to stick it that high, like 100 hertz, so you just take out the low end. Yeah. Stick it on for eight bars. Uh, don't filter it in. Just turn it on and off, activate and deactivate. Mm. And that will add tension. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's the same as a DJ. You know, most DJs will do it where they filter up um, to, to kind of adjust the arrangement of the track. So that's a quick little trick um, that I thought I'd mention. Now, there are two more types of, of tension that I want to cover. And the first one is, is silence. So this can be used in, well, this can be thought of in two ways. I mean, one of the most popular examples of silence is, is, has become more and more popular over the last couple of years, where before the main drop, there'll be like one bar or even more, even longer of just silence. Not always complete silence. Typically, it will be like a reverb tail or something like that, which I personally still view as silence. Like it's not, it's not silence in the strictest definition, but it just right. means that nothing is really playing. And the other version of, of silence is like, I suppose it's probably, there's probably a better word for it because it's not silence, but there's a track, uh, the MK remix of, of Look Right Through by Storm Queen. There's a section in that song where it's just after the intro and it's just a vocal plane like there's nothing else but the vocal and like to me that creates a whole lot of tension because you're like okay you listen to this uh, this intro it's like a deep house track and then there's just this vocal plane there's got to be something coming in like where you know and and to me that's a a use of silence in a way there's or you know you're solely in one element yeah um so that's another thing as well you can create tension by just playing one sound or just having the vocal play without any surrounding elements uh but you have to be most people won't do that uh because it can be hard to pull off yeah i think and it can go wrong (laughs) like because if you leave it for too long people are like what what is this i mean yeah you have to know where to go with it you have to know that's the thing like we mentioned before was you have to know the rules in order to break them exactly uh the other one is is musical tension now this is an area that i am not i would not consider myself an expert in but you can definitely employ compositional tactics to to create tension bt does this very well in in skylarking um so if you listen to skylarking there's there's a point before the main breakdown i think where he's basically going up uh, and up the the register oh not register um the scale yeah. in terms of chords yep. and it creates this amazing tension um uh, do you have anything to, to add to that yeah i mean it it's kind of seems like a given that whenever you're rising in t- in pitch uh you're creating tension um so you know there's um the uh nom de strip remix of uh dead mouse's the reward is cheese uh, it's very, very high energy, high tension track um, with elements that are constantly moving upward throughout the whole song. And it's just like, if, if, if you're not ready for that, it's like, oh gosh, what am I, what am I hearing? But in the right context, it is a huge track. Um, I, yeah, I mean, moving up, a, moving up a scale, 
Um, maybe hanging on a note that you wouldn't expect can really um, do that. One thing that comes to my mind is the Jaws theme. Um, some people might be too young to know this, <laughs> but um, the movie Jaws, I mean, the classic uh, cello um, modulating between two notes that are just a half step apart. So that, you know, that, that is a lot of tension. And as a kid in the pool, we would always do that. And, <laughs> you know, well, because it's so, it's so dissonant yeah, as well. Yeah. Like it's not comfortable. Right. It's not comfortable, to. but you're, but you're intentionally hanging in that place and you're making it louder and faster. And so it, it just creates a lot of tension. And yeah, I, I mean, that's one thing that I think, um, is repeated a lot, you know, um, with the whole, when you loop things and you loop it tighter and tighter and tighter, you know, when we have, it's maybe two bars that's looping and then it's a bar and then it's a half a bar and then it's just a note. And then we're just repeating the same, you know, the same phrase, the same small, you know, section over and over and over. That's a pretty common, common thing, but there's something in that, that just creates a tension and we're like, okay, this is going to, something is going to happen here because we can't keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller. <laughs> it's not going to, not going to really do much. But yeah, I think uh, another example, and this is this is common as well. But let's say you have a standard one four five chord progression, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you're you're building up to your drop. You can repeat that last that the five chord, which naturally resolves into the, the yeah, one chord. Yeah. Um, you know that's what the listener expects. So let's say you've got this four bar chord progression. And then, okay, your build up hits is eight bars long. Instead of going back to the one chord and using that to build up, six. repeating the one yeah. chord, you use the five. Yeah. And so the, the listener's like, oh, why is it not resolving? Yeah. Why is it not resolving? Yeah. And when it drops, boom, yeah. one chord. Right. You know, so that's just, a, that's probably the most simple example of musical tension. And I don't think musical is probably the best term for it. Um, maybe compositional. I, I don't know. I'm definitely not a. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm not the best when it comes to musical terms. So someone out there can probably Yeah, I, I mean when you hang on a, on a chord that um wants to resolve to the tonic to the to the one um mm-hmm. it it definitely creates tension. And Yeah, yeah. And um you know, I I do this a lot in my in my tracks where I'll hang on a certain chord or I'll even progress to a chord that isn't even uh, what the listener would expect, but but it still leads back to that to that resolution. And so it's like, oh, you're doing something that I don't really want you to do because I want you to go to this place. And so, but it doesn't sound bad. It just it just creates a a, a feeling of of I want to go somewhere else than where we're at right now, which which can be a good thing. No, exactly. I I agree with that, and um. I think there's there's one way to look at tension which I think makes a lot of sense and we kind of touched on it but that is this looking at it in terms of pull and push so for example let's say look at an arrangement you have a 32 bar intro before bar 16 you might have a little bit of a sweep uh, to, to pull something in and what you push might be a crash symbol at bar 16 so you're pulling in and then you're releasing pull release pull and push uh that's the best way to look at it you can look at it on a micro level 
and you can look at it on a macro level. So build up, drop, or um, yeah, or short reverse crash symbol, one bar long, crash symbol. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a super simple way to look yep. at it. Um, and I think it's a good a good way to look at it. Now, I want to touch on maybe a little bit of technical stuff. Uh, just talking about build ups, so macro tension and build ups. Now, I'd love to hear how you how you kind of work on your build ups. I mean, personally, I'll, I'll go through about three things that I do. Um, so, so risers, for example, I, I'd normally use a riser in a build up. Uh, I think the best thing, typically, when I when I uh, create a riser, it's either going to be in your face, like it's a, a clear, significant element of the build-up. It's loud. Uh, I think <laughs> I really don't want to use an example because <laughs> it's uh, like, but Martin Garrick's animals, yeah, I think would be a good example of that. You know, the riser is not a background element. It is, it's right there. Um, so yeah, so is the riser going to be uh, a significant, you know, element at the forefront, or is it going to be a background riser? And you'll often hear some tracks where the risers are so quiet and so much in the background that you can notice them, um, but they really don't play a big right. part. I also like to add effects to my risers, partly because I find the idea of a completely dry riser to be a bit harsh. I don't know why. Uh, it just doesn't really sound nice to me. So I normally, I'll normally automate like the dry wet of a reverb. So that by the time it reaches its peak, it's at 100% or close to it. And I'll also use a high pass filter uh, to remove the lows. I mean, how do, how do you work with, with risers? Yeah, so um, a couple of different things I do. Um, oftentimes, I will take the main elements and kind of um, allow them to become the risers. Okay. So like I'll have the melody maybe holding on the chords, you know, the, the last note. Mm. And then suddenly that'll kind of um, maybe push to the background and like a snare will come in and do the snare, you know, snare roll, um, just like quarter notes to begin and then eighth notes and 16th as mm. it kind of mm. goes. Um, but yeah, like I'll, I will sometimes, um, I mean, I have some riser samples that I use that I, that I go to. Okay. Um, that I, that I like, cause sometimes I just don't, feel like spending 20 or 30 minutes like making a patch just for that mm -hmm. um but you know i have like my white noise um presets that i use that have reverb that that's automating and and the filter cutoff is opening um i definitely use the high pass filter extensively in in those sections um too and yeah i also automate the um pitch of my snares too and the pitch the pitch of everything is like going up and so even the elements that are like like if it's a lead and now it's turning into the riser if it's like repeating or something it's still gonna be moving up as i'm as i'm going so mm -hmm. like you're you're hearing this element that used to be the melody and now it's like a part of this like thing that's like picking up like a train you know it's like starting to get, gain some energy and now it's it's like morphed into this whole nother thing which is kind of cool to morph elements into other things i've found that's really fun to do and and so now it's this riser and 
oh, it was the lead, but now it's the riser. And, and now it's, it's a part of this and oh, there's a snare coming in. And now that lead maybe is not quite so loud. And the snare is now kind of the lead element. And, and then this white noise comes in and everything's just kind of melding together with the reverb that's gaining. And maybe there's some delay in there too. Um, and I do put, I do put like auto, um, auto filters. That's what they're called in Ableton, but, uh, put a filter on the master and I'm pulling that up, you know, and then, you know, usually I'll, I'll kind of pull it back down before, before everything comes back in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how I do that. Um, sometimes I will create patches specifically for risers or if it's like a, if it's like a pluck sound, that's like. I'm making specifically for like a top end kind of riser, like in a lot of um, like big room progressive house kind of stuff, like not current big room, but like maybe 2012, <laughs> you know, like Alesso or like Basto, that kind of, yeah, yeah that yeah. kind of stuff with those like high end kind of riser sounds that are, that are going, I'll make those if, if I, if I need to. One thing I've been kind of playing around with, and it's kind of simple, but having two snare rolls. So, so normally have one that's like a, a nice meaty snare yep. that has a lot yep. of body. Yeah. And then the other one is has a automation on the decay. So, it's a really kind of soft snare snapple. Uh, uh, snare snapple. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, is playing, is playing quarter notes. Yeah. So, you've got this this one snare that's playing every beat and then the, the the hits in between are this other snare and you automate the decay on that to go up um and it's just a really cool sound mm. it's it's probably better to have an audio example but yeah like it's it's worth trying out and the other thing uh you you mentioned that you automate the filter on your master mm-hmm. yeah i like again it comes back to this notion that you shouldn't use anything in your master completely stupid because you're not going to automate like 30 different instruments or even five for that matter right. yeah. um, and high pass them. Yes, you can group them, but it's better to just chuck it on your master yeah. and uh, filter up. There are a few other tricks, just three of them that I want to mention with build-ups. One of them I think I mentioned in another episode, uh, but you can use like a reverb. Uh, there are two ways to use it. Like there are more than two ways to use it, but there are two ways <laughs> I use it. Um, just a, a subtle reverb that kind of builds up on your master. So over say eight to sixteen bars, you're pulling the dry wet up a little bit, maybe no more than twenty percent. So it's not really noticeable. Yeah. But it kind of softens the whole sound in the mix, and then you pull it back down when the drop hits, and you have this really dry like. Um, powerful sound yeah yeah. because what does reverb do it puts things into the background typically right Right. uh, if you're applying it to a whole thing the other thing you can do is reduce the size as you're building up so the size of the reverb you'll get a nice pitch effect um and i think if you listen to um my pronunciation might be wrong but rafael frost Mm -hmm. yeah he does that kind of stuff with his Mm, build-ups every producer should listen to his music i'll have to listen more and more in depth to to his uh yeah he is he, I, he's I should technical. get him on. I should get him on the pod, the podcast yeah, yeah. at some point because be awesome. he is just, oh man. Um, the other trick is like delay, but kind of extreme delay. So if you listen to, I can't think of an example track, but a lot of techno and tech house, yeah, like their buildups will be 
sometimes like 48, 48 bars long, like yeah. 32 bars, super long. Yeah. And just this delay building, 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 like a tape delay. And it, it gets messy. Like mm-hmm. it's not the most enjoyable precise. thing to listen to. <laughs> yeah, or no, precise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, the tension that comes from it is oh, just it's so incredible. Good. Yeah. <laughs> and the last trick is, is a less common one. Um, and I haven't done this much, but it should work in theory. And that's basically removing the middle uh, from your mix. So... Mm. Everything's kind of moving to the side, you know. If someone's listening, oh, they hear. Okay. If someone's listening on on headphones or speakers, they hear it in the side yeah. of the mix. But you're taking out the middle, and you can do this by, uh, you know, sticking a mid side EQ on your master and just pulling down the mid. And there are probably other plugins that allow you to do it as well. But you pull that down while you're building up, and then you uh, pull it back up when it drops. Uh, so that's worth trying as well. Huh. See, I, I've I've always heard of the opposite. Really? Where you pull, where you remove the, where you bring everything to the center instead of the. the I mean, both. I suppose both work. Yeah, because for me, it's like if you think about like, um, <laughs> there's there's a there's a scene in in a, a Star Wars movie, and it's one of the ones that I don't really like, but the scene is awesome. No, like in space and space and them sound. So it totally kills the, like the science of it because <laughs> there's no sound in space, but in the Star yeah. Wars universe, the sound in space. So there's this, like, <laughs> there's this, um, weapon that, um, Django Fett releases from his, from his, uh, ship. And it's like mm. this seismic wave thing. And it like, makes a sound like everything is coming to like a singularity it's like a it almost sounds like a if you could hear a black hole <laughs> it sounds like that it's like everything is like yeah boom yeah. and when i think of of that kind of a explosion everything comes to a point and so if you're bringing everything to the middle and, and reducing it before it explodes and goes super wide you know that that's, that's a good that, point that's a really yeah. good point actually no that that yeah that makes a lot of sense um and i'm gonna try that out myself as well yeah i think either way it could be good but that's one thing that i think yeah about. yeah i'd try both <laughs> not at the same time of course but uh mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that wouldn't work that well do you have any other tricks like that that you use when when working on your build-ups um i definitely echo the double snare thing i've been doing that a lot more mm-hmm. um just kind of keeps things moving and um let's see anything else um no i think that's pretty much we pretty much covered it i've got a little trick that i've been planning on recording a quick video on yeah Uh, but if you have a snare a snare roll and you have like a pad sound for example you can apply a gate to the pad sound and use the snare as an input so the pad follows the same rhythm as the snare yeah yeah. Um, so it can transition from like a quite a, a non rhythmic or non uh, what's the word? Oh gosh, I need to read some books. Uh, non rhythmic, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. To like a very choppy yeah, uh, yeah. kind of sound without yeah. having to actually get into the synth and, and change a MIDI clip. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it's funny how there's always like I, I never really think about using a gate, but 
but there are so many cases where gate comes in handy. Oh, totally. Like with the <laughs> podcast episode. Yeah, I was going to say the first episode. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll mention it quickly. Yeah. Like the first episode that I edited, <laughs> I did it all by hand. So I was removing like the silence in between your voice and mine. And then yeah. I was talking to you and you're like, yeah, I like to use a gate. And I was thinking, I've been making music for <laughs> like five or six years. I've probably used the gate numerous times. Yet yeah. when it comes to editing a podcast, it just somehow doesn't enter my mind. And I could have saved at least an hour of, of work. Um, but anyway, <laughs> if it you ever hilarious. get around to editing audio, yeah, use a gate. Yeah, totally. It was funny because I was like, you're going to use a gate, right? And you're like, no, nah, man, I'll do it by hand. I'm like, did I say oh. that? Yeah, you did. Oh, you did. No. You were, you. I'm like, okay. Oh, no, I think I was just in like, I was in denial. I was trying to be like, I got to do it by hand. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I got yeah. this. I got this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to mention one thing before we move on. Sure. Um, you, you kind of brought it to my mind. Um, I do, I've been doing one thing differently lately with breakdowns or with buildups more, kind of both. Um, I'll have a pad that's in the breakdown and um, once it starts to build, then I'll turn my side chains back on. So those pads are now pumping without the kick, but with that snare going and we're building this energy and now the, the pad is going, you know, uh, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. and it creates that tension um, going and also prepares people for when the kick is there. You know, it's mm, like you're, mm. you're almost signaling, Hey, there's something coming that's going to be in this spot that I'm ducking out. And mm. that, you know, we mentioned, you mentioned that before, I think you mentioned, um, getting, getting that space for the kick before. Oh no, that was actually, that was Santos. I think he mentioned that someone mentioned it that, that I was talking to lately, Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, anyway, getting, um, getting the space before the kick hits in those spots that it should be. So that's one more thing I wanted to say, uh, about buildups. Awesome. I, <laughs> You mentioned Santos and this just popped into my head and you remember it. Um, but And I don't want to go off topic, but sure. if you're going on a run right now, Santos, yes. keep running. Yes. <laughs> we Do need it, a man. motivational hustle. quote. Hustle, hustle. <laughs> <The> quote. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I'm glad you remembered that because I totally yeah, forgot. Yeah, I, I should have remembered it at the start. Um, for those listening, Santos listens to these while he's going on a run. So Yeah, get um, sweaty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, I want to talk about energy now for a moment. And and to start with, I want to talk about what causes a lack of energy in tracks because I listen to a fair bit of music on like a daily, oh, well, I was going to say weekly basis, but it's really a daily basis from um, younger producers and a lot of it's good, a lot of good ideas, but it often lacks the energy. And I think there are four main reasons for this. Uh, the first is there's a bad relationship between different instruments. So if your kick doesn't match your bass or your bass doesn't match your synth, it's just going to cause this sonic like dissonance um, to the listener, and and it's not gonna it's not gonna sound like one entity. And immediately that kind of writes off all um, all potential for energy, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, the second is a, a lack of tension before release so you can have a short build up or you can have a long build up like there are songs out there who have that have very minimal build ups like um, 
Artie's track. Oh, I think it might be Zara. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but his build up is like literally just a pad mm. and a little bit of white noise. Um, but it still works. Yeah. But often like a lack of energy will be caused by a lack of tension. So the build up. Um, oh, I messed that up. Messed up my notes. Uh, it's all anyway, good. You, you, you get said the it idea. backwards. You said it backwards <laughs> yeah, yeah. What you meant. I know what you um, meant though. The other thing is, I suppose, uh, is having too much tension and not enough energy in your release and your drop. Yeah. So yeah. when your build up sounds massive uh, and your drop can't match it, your drop should at least match it, should really be bigger. Um, but yeah, I, I see that a lot when people go all out with their build up and then sometimes the drop will even be like a lower volume significantly yeah. than a build up yeah. and that just doesn't work like it's very anticlimactic yeah you know to be honest i um i run into this a lot when i'm working actually um like i'll figure out a good drop and then i'll spend some time on the build up and my snares and my white noise will be so good <laughs> and then like i'll get into the drop and i'm like oh crap like i just went so high that this now isn't what at the level that it needs to be to actually resolve correctly and so i'll have to build that up it doesn't matter in 2015 you can just slam it to minus 10 gain reduction and uh it'll level out no man i can't do that (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't work for me no i know you're kidding but it's just it's sad that 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 can be true sometimes (laughs) but yeah i mean it's like you have to you have to figure out where your where your energy cutoff is for that build up Mm -hmm. you know it's like if if your bass sound in your drop or or you have some high you need some high frequency content to keep that um energy going forward mm-hmm. and that's i keep on repeating that high that you know high frequency but it's really true it's like if you have these claps and these snares and these noise you're getting a lot of high frequency content in those kind of sounds mm-hmm. just just the way it is and if you drop to a kick and a bass that maybe doesn't have a lot of that high end grit, it's not going to feel right. It's going to feel muffled. It's going to feel lack lacking. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, is- isotope trash is a good tool for that. I keep, I, <laughs> I know need a to lot get of that. people I use need it. To get that yeah. I actually, I got, I got a demo of it yeah. just to play around. Cause I had an older version mm. uh, a few years ago and then, you know, just through computers and, not torrenting software anymore <laughs> i got i don't i don't have it anymore so you know um buy your plugins people yeah yeah, yeah. um definitely do that i fully um, endorse but that. yeah i um it's not very expensive it's like a 100 bucks that is decent so yeah 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 so us but um oh gosh yeah i've heard it's like 150 I've heard, at the moment <laughs> <laughs> i know i've heard a lot of people um tom star he he did a interview i think where he was talking about trash mm. and yeah just a few a lot of people uh noisia uses it um yeah i've, I've seen yeah, that a lot um, of people i was at a, a guy a guy's studio jimmy jerkovich in melbourne and his at his studio and he was showing me it and like you can take a simple sound um like a, even just a a saw wave and just completely mangle it and create something oh, completely yeah. new just even yeah. just scrolling through the presets like yep um yeah. i'm not gonna go down the rabbit trail on that but like sure yes yeah. i reckon half of these plugins are the presets that 
like half of the value are the presets that come along with it sometimes definitely um especially because of the creative ideas it can lead to you know you put a preset on something with trash and then you're like wow that completely changes the direction of my song yeah uh totally so okay the third thing that i think constitutes a lack of energy is a lack of dynamics now uh this i have to be a bit careful here because i'm not talking necessarily about the tracks that are super slammed which do lack dynamics right i'm talking about tracks that lack dynamics uh structurally so either they don't have a breakdown that is um mellow enough or contrasts the the drop enough um or they don't have a section that's powerful enough uh probably didn't do the best job of explaining that but your your song needs to have sections of different energy it needs to be uh dynamic in terms of energy and diverse the fourth thing is actually i think i pretty sure i covered that um if your release isn't powerful enough which is common uh so your this is a kind of a good point like if you struggle to make your drops powerful start your track by working on the drop and then work back from there more often than not uh you'll you'll come to a point where because you've started with your drop you know that that's uh, how do i put this if you're working in a linear fashion so mm-hmm. you work on your intro then your verse then your breakdown then your build up it can be quite hard to to kind of take your drop higher than that sure i think if you start with your drop it's a lot easier to go all out and go okay this is my highest point of energy whatever i work on from now has to have less energy than that mm-hmm. um i mean wh- what would you add to that what do you think constitutes a, a lack of energy yeah um you know I keep going back to the high end, the high end thing, <laughs> but um, I think even even within uh, each individual section, um, if your elements don't um, play well together, like if if you don't have your side chains set up correctly, uh, or if you don't have any at all, I mean, <laughs> one of the things that I hear with new producers is I'm like, dude, your bass is always in the way of the kick. And there's never, it doesn't groove, you know, it doesn't, there's no play there. So it doesn't keep moving forward. The energy just like, doesn't feel like it's going anywhere. Mm, mm. And that can really be a huge chain game changer for people when they realize how to use side chain compression the right way. Mm. And, you know, you can have parts come in that don't take, you know, they, they don't hog space because you're ducking them in the right places. Mm. And that can really just keep things going and that can really build momentum because you can add a lot more when when you when you're not having a fight for for space yeah um, yeah yeah absolutely yeah. you you pretty much covered everything that i think i would i would um mention for for that sweet yep yep uh i think before we before we end i just want to talk about uh different types of energy and you don't need to to break these down like you can look at energy as just one thing yeah but i like to kind of look at it in a few different um uh, in a few different ways so obviously there's total or like overall energy which would be you know the overall energy in your track so okay um you you look at this typically relative to genre so you're not going to compare like a, a chill step song to hard style um 
you wouldn't go oh like because obviously they have varying amounts of energy yep. but you would look at say a hard style song and compare it to another hard style song and go this has a bit more energy because mm-hmm. xyz yeah said oh man uh, <laughs> look at you <laughs> look at you i was telling okay that's hilarious you are turning into an american i just i just i just feel it i am you not. Said you're destined to come over here <laughs> you corrected yourself when you said garage and uh, yeah but i did i did that as a joke you were pronouncing your r's and that was not on purpose i edited that so <laughs> you did oh no uh well for everyone who's listening um i caught sam pronouncing his r's like a, it was like, like one US one person. slip up one or two i know but it, you can't do that. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> you got to stop talking to me so much. Um, and you've you've got something down here. Relative energy yeah, yeah. over time. Yeah. So, um, relative energy is something that um, I like to think about because when I think about the word banger, it doesn't necessarily have to mean like the full out big room festival track. Mm. Um, I don't really listen to a lot of that style just because it doesn't really resonate with me. But um, I I think that you can make Deep House or Tech House progress in a way that like when it when it gets to a certain section, it just like it hits so hard, even though it's not the same kind of hard as like a big room drop would be but it still feels like you're getting this, oh, that bass just right in the right place and the bass line is grooving really hard with the kick. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's like a lot of times with like uh, Tech House, like there's a really sweet like bass melody that's just like, it's nasty. Like it just, you know, it just is like this gritty, dark and like sweaty kind of vibe. And it just feels really like, intense that you probably wouldn't really even get with a big room track and so it's it's relative because um it's intense or it's it's the high point for that track which is a very 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 different um energy level spectrum of like a big room track but it still has those highs and those lows and those points that make you go like yeah like this is a banger even though it's not really um what you would consider a banger as far as festival yeah no that's that's a good point and i think uh one one thing that kind of follows from that for me is you hear those tracks that would work equally as well like when you're chilling on a beach as well as Mm -hmm. being at like a relatively big festival or a club um one artist that comes to mind is stan kolev i'm not sure if you've heard of him he makes like Um, I'll link you some of his tracks, but he makes cool. what uh, purists or traditionalists would call progressive house. <laughs> so, okay. right, so really right. deep, like groovy, you know, it's still got melody, it's still got all this stuff, but like, yeah, oh man, like you listen to it and you're like, like I've listened to a few of his tracks when I'm lying down in bed and they're so awesome to listen to, but at the same mm-hmm. time, like they're made for the club really. Um I suppose that's a bit of a tangent, but that's kind of a, a little observation. Uh, another type of energy is, is I suppose, uh, rhythmic energy. So this typically comes from the low end, the relationship between the kick and the bass. But it's really important to, to note because in dance music, if your track doesn't have, if, if most of your energy is not coming from the 
man i cannot i cannot english today honestly <laughs> it's, it's all good <laughs> we have those days sometimes yeah you know? but uh, yeah if, if like the majority of your energy and attract should really come from the groove or the rhythm if you're making dance music yeah um yeah so yeah that's that's a kind of another type of energy um do you have anything to add to that yeah i think the space between your notes has a lot to do with that too um if you have like a rolling bass line that's just like really legato which means like the notes are pretty much touching mm-hmm. um it's gonna feel different than if you have them short really notes. spaced out yeah yeah, yeah short yeah. notes staccato staccato notes um and even in that like you can really affect the groove with how long your your specific notes are yeah it's like if yeah. you have like a mix between long and short notes it can really create a a good dimension to your to your group you've seen the dada life video on that haven't you yes yeah, yeah. I, that's actually where i got inspired i'll, I'll link that from. up in the show notes because that's really <laughs> yeah. important because i was like oh totally and this mm. is the difference between between pop production that's trying to sound like dance music mm-hmm, mm. and real dance music because for some reason for a long time the pop music producer guys didn't understand that you couldn't just hold out your chords for the full note length mm, mm. like it was some th- strange thing to them and you could always tell like this doesn't it feels fake it still feels plastic you know <laughs> but like real dance music has like it's not perfect mm, or it's mm. even more realistic which is like how people would play it like i think of when i, I was in jazz band in high school and so re- release times is critical like it, it was extremely important to to the how the track or the song how the song really um, communicated to the listener or how the swing even felt based on how long your notes were i mean swing is really in jazz defined a lot by the note lengths and what accents you're putting on which beat and so the note length has a lot to do with with that um so yeah that's just a little bit of a tangent but um no, that's that stuff point. is really it's really important yeah, yeah. i do that a lot i mean with with chord stabs i'm always making sure that my releases are exactly where i want them to be um and that may or may not be exactly where you would think that they cut off you have to play with it you know you have to see oh that's too short okay that's too long and then get it right in the middle and it's not necessarily going to be right on the little check mark you know it's not going to be right on the line it might be a little sooner it might be a little bit before no no for sure that's that's really interesting and actually one more thing about rhythmic energy uh, that i just thought of um if you push your percussion ahead of the beat it's gonna feel like it has more energy yeah yeah yeah. and if you if you pull it back to a little bit behind the beat it's gonna feel like it's laying back i mean it is laying back it's laying back in the in the groove so it'll feel like you're a little bit lower um if you're you know drummers call it, you know they call it playing in the pocket you're just like a little bit behind the snare is just coming a little bit after the kick and it just kind of sits differently it can also change it, it also changes the perception of the speed of the song totally totally which is quite interesting. yeah if you're always if you're always i know it's really it's really weird if you're riding that riding that second and fourth beat a little ahead it mm. feels like you're going faster have you ever been producing <laughs> but, and you're like this song's way too quick when you're listening to it passively and it's not like it's yeah it feels like it's at 134 and it's at 128 (laughs) you know i found that my mood can really affect the way they perceive tempo Mm -hmm. um if i 
have just got done like at the gym fast sounds way slow it's really weird like everything sounds like it's slower because i'm like amped in my perception of like reality is fast <laughs> i don't know that's, that's it's so just, cool <laughs> huh yeah. Um, so anyway, we can we can move on to the next. Yeah. So the the next one is melodic energy, and I think this could really be elaborated on, but not not in this this episode because it does need a bit of research to be done. But like to me, uh, two melodies can have completely different amounts of energy. Uh, mm-hmm. So, for example, have you heard "Airport" by Photographer? No, it sounds familiar. Though. I feel like you would have. Uh, it, the melody yeah. is basically, I'm pretty sure it's just quarter notes, you know, um, mm. and it's either an arp or it's playing intervals. But anyway, sure. it's really quick. Yeah. Um, it's playing the whole time. And you compare that to a melody that's a bit more mellow, like, um, oh, like uh, a progressive house song, old progressive house song. Mm. Uh, so depending on how the rhythm is used in the melody, and depending on the notes used, you get different types, uh, different amounts of energy. Sure. And it's kind of yeah. a different, like, to me, the, like a melody, the listener, uh, it's kind of a different kind type of energy. Like it, it invokes emotion instead of, mm. I don't really know where I'm going with this, but like, oh, yeah, it's yeah, different yeah. to rhythm yeah. in the sense that it doesn't really make you dance. It makes you feel something. Yeah. So, in a breakdown of the track where you have this massive super sore, Trance is the best example, uh, and everyone in the crowd is putting their hands up, they're not really dancing, but they are feeling something, and there definitely is energy in there. Um, whether you want to call it like euphoric energy or whatever, like there's something there, um, but it's different to the energy you feel when the bass line and a kick come in. And uh, the another type of energy which is the last one i want to talk about is sonic energy and a lot of people disregard this uh because there's that notion which i think is quite like i kind of agree with it and that often produces emphasize uh technical and like the mix down quality of a songwriting i believe that's true personally but at the same time if your mix down sucks you're going to have you're going to lack energy like there are no two ways yep. about it if your low end isn't yep. carefully um carefully put together and well mixed energy isn't going to work yeah that's kind of the final final thing i wanted to say there do you have anything yeah. to add to that no it's great i think we you covered those really well fantastic well uh that yeah i think we covered a fair bit there um it's I think we're done with the arrangement and structure. Yeah. Unless you think yeah. there's anything else we need to we need to talk about. No, I mean I always want to know what people are thinking. Yeah, yeah, of um, course. So if you guys if you guys have any any ideas on this or if you have any more questions, we'd love to to hear those. Mm. You know what I'm gonna so, do actually? Yeah. Uh I'm gonna set up uh no I'm not. That'll take too much work. I was going to set up a separate email address for the podcast, but if you want to send feedback, the best way to probably do it is in the EDM Prod group on Facebook. Yep. yep. Um, so if you're not part of that, it is facebook.com slash groups slash EDM Prod or just on the SoundCloud episode. Oh, sorry, on SoundCloud itself. If you go to soundcloud.com slash EDM Prod, find the episode and leave a comment there. 
always love to hear your feedback and, and really your thoughts on the episode. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, don't forget to leave a review yes, on iTunes. Exactly. If you would love to be, um, we'll, we'll give you a shout out on the show. Yeah. We'll give you a shout out and, um, <laughs> Help us get to number one on the new and noteworthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, every review and every listen also helps Absolutely. us get there. Yeah. So um, we would love for you to be a part of that. And we'd be thankful if you would help out in that way. Indeed. All right, man. Well, I will, I will talk to you next week. All right, man. See you later. See ya. Everybody jump in.